You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. If we really want to get somewhere different, we need to shift our minds and think, no, we really have to train like an athlete would train for an event they're interested in, or uh, you know, a musician would train for something that they were passionate about, a, a musical performance. Um, and that's what it takes. Discipline takes training. Hello, this is Ben Kioski. Welcome to this week's version of the Conversations podcast at Cypress Creek Church. It's a delight to be together again. We have with us, thankfully, Paulina De La Fuente is back with us. Say hi, Paulina. Hi, good to be back. Yes, it is. We also, of course, have our pastor, Jose Abroa, with us. Hey, Ben. What's going on? And the distinct privilege of having Sean is something I will not soon get tired of. Thanks for being with us, Sean. Ben, great to be up here. Awesome. And then, of course, we got Nathaniel over here turning knobs, making sure we sound great. And you got anything to say, Nathaniel? <laughs> that was a no by way of shaking his head no. So I'm just gonna, I tell you what, I'm just going to narrate your movements the whole podcast. How about that? <laughs> and then, of course, we've got with us the, the wonderful interviewer, host, person, uh, Taylor Christensen. Take it away, Taylor. All right. Well, we're here with Sean Stover this week after a great message yesterday, continuing our Let's Go Deep series. So I figure we first kind of start, we've been kind of talking over the last few weeks about discipline. So I'd love to kind of hear kind of maybe something that stood out to you as a whole in this series so far, or maybe how, how your uh, disciplines have been. Absolutely. I love the thought of digging into discipline because it's kind of a misunderstood word, honestly. In my family, it certainly is. When I say discipline, kids run various directions and hide. And the reality is, from a spiritual standpoint, discipline is something that's really healthy for us and really good. And in my kids' lives as well, when I am disciplining them, it's for an ultimate reason or purpose to get them somewhere other than where they're headed or get them to behave in some way other than they are. And that's how it is for us in the Lord. It's not that he needs us to act a certain way. It's not that we have to you know, do something to solidify our salvation. Obviously, our faith is all it takes, period. Uh, but as a response to our faith and the love that he's given us, we get to show discipline in certain areas to get to know him better, to get to be closer to him. So this concept of discipline is significant. Um, I think Somebody taught me a long time ago, I think it was John Ortberg in his writing, that there's a difference between training and trying. And that, you know, we say a lot of times, hey, I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to be better. I'm going to try to memorize scripture. I'm going to try to be more disciplined in an area. And he said, really, we need to train. If we really want to get somewhere different, we need to shift our minds and think, no, we really have to train. Like an athlete would train for an event they're interested in, or, uh, you know, a musician would train for something that they, we're passionate about a, a musical performance, um, and that's what it takes. Discipline takes training, and so all of these areas that we've been talking about, Bible reading, meditation on the Word, memorization, now fasting, man, it, it takes some effort and some training, but it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, next question here, which first starting with you, Sean, and then I'll open up to others too, but how do we maintain disciplines amidst this crazy season that we're in just amongst uh, whether it's we've been staying home for a while or just have a lot of distractions, a lot going on. So I feel like disciplines is one of those things that could just like quickly go out the window pretty quickly. So how, how have you just personally been able to kind of maintain a lot of these disciplines, some of the ones you mentioned? It's a valid point, Taylor, because we are creatures of habit and we do 
more than we like to think, operate on routine and structure and stability. Even people who would say, I'm amazingly flexible and amazingly adaptable, have things in their life that are structured that allow them to then have that flexibility. Man, some of that structure has been ripped away from us. Routine has changed completely. And so finding discipline in tumultuous times, in uncertain times, is a is a different challenge. It's a significant challenge. And yet at the same time, there's the blessings that God has given us in this season. I mean, some freedom from car travel to get to meetings. Mm -hmm. You know, we're getting to do it on the computer at home. Well, that saves 20, 30 minutes, whatever your commute time is. You're, you're just regaining time in certain areas that needs to be devoted to something that's healthy, something that's productive. And so I think that's really what it's about. It's about figuring out even a day in advance, you know, as you're laying your head down at night, what do I want my tomorrow to look like? Mm -hmm. Because if we don't map it out to some extent, man, the world, the enemy, distractions, other things drift us where they want us to go. Uh, yet if you you lay down at night and you're like, hey, you know what, tomorrow I want to get up and I want to, I want to memorize that scripture. I, I want to start working on that. And then I'll just meditate on it throughout the day. Well, that one little planned event could set the stage for the discipline that you need and just provide a little routine and structure in the midst of an unstable time. Mm. Yeah, I think that that idea of, uh, I'm not sure what word you used, but like kind of reclaiming time as things shift around. That's super important. And that actually speaks to me personally a lot because that's kind of how I function anyway. You know, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that's not a super structured person, but that doesn't mean I don't have disciplines that I do. You know, I'm not, I'm not the one that gets up every morning and does the same exact task on schedule every morning. And, you know, but at the same time, I know that during the day I'm going to reclaim or whatever word you use. I'm not sure what you used, but I'm going to reclaim time regardless of what uh, expedient item or something from whatever area of my life has come first in the day or whatever, um, or maybe come before something that I would rather not it come before, I'm going to reclaim that time and I'm going to spend time with the Lord or whatever. The goal, the plan often and most days is to start out with the Lord as it is a good practice, that discipline, start out with the Lord. Of course, there's always, you know, regardless of what you're doing or what's going on, you can always pray and converse with the Lord, of course, but that time of spending time in the Word, that doesn't come at the same time of the day for me every day. And so I think maintaining the discipline is knowing what disciplines are good for you and what the Lord has impressed upon you and making sure, regardless of what's going on in that day, um, to, to, to claim that time to make sure and participate in those disciplines. And coming from the perspective of someone who's, you know, has, you know, some irons in the fire and kind of, you know, we all have got different levels of busy on different levels of day. But as someone who sort of operates best in a non-structured the same way everyday environment, it's still important to have those same things every day. Just like what Sean said, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there are still those routines, though they may not be scheduled in the sec time slot. Mm -hmm. And uh, just knowing what those are and really pursuing those, I think, is super important to maintain discipline. And then when you come to a time like this where everything's different and wild and totally outside of your control of how your schedules change and some things are taken away, like Sean said, then you can make sure to participate in those things that the Lord has impressed upon you in the way that you're fed by the Spirit of God and all of that. Yeah, I think uh, knowing yourself in that is super important because I have to, I mean, it was a big hit to lose 
um, normal structure when all this started. I love what you said. I One of the healthiest things that God has showed me during this time is recreating some of that structure. And even when it was, you know, means starting small. I mean, I just will not read the word if I don't do it early in the morning. Mm-hmm. I just won't. And yeah. it's crazy how like on Saturdays, I forget to read the word. <laughs> and mainly because I don't have structure. And like, I'm always thinking like, well, I don't have to get up and read right away because I'm going to go make some coffee and then I go for a walk and then I go, you know, and I just forget. And that's the day that I always forget to read the word more than any other day. So God has really showed me a handful of things that if I don't do them, for me personally, as soon as I wake up, I just won't. And I think that's something even with, as we've been practicing spiritual disciplines, that's why memorizing scripture has not been a consistent thing for me because I haven't set it in my routine. You know, I have to like really make time for it to put it in there. Otherwise I'm doing it, but I'm doing it sporadically, not as a discipline or as meditating on the word. So, yeah. I think your experience is pretty common for a lot of us, Paulina, that need for you know that planned time to make that happen. Now, the Bible says we'll get Jose to clarify, but something to the extent of no discipline seems exciting or enjoyable at the time, but in its proper place, it will produce you know the right things for us in our lives. And so that getting up may not feel fun, or that first thing reading you know may not be the thing you wanted. Instead, you know the but the reality is if you put those disciplines in place, then you look back. I mean, and I, I know you've been memorizing scripture. How does it feel now, a month back from when you really focused your energy on that? How many scriptures you know do you have, and how does that, does that feel better? You know, having some of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, um, I mean, I have been memorizing scripture and I think it's cool to see what God does with that, but it really has been something that I haven't put in my daily. And so weekly I'm looking at my verses app and memorizing scripture, but that's an add-on that I need to make because I just already have my flow in the mornings. And so then I'm like, well, I'll just memorize scripture later today or tonight or, you know, and then I miss it. So Mm -hmm. that's something I'm working on as we in like the discipline stuff. Well, I may be alone here, but the more we've talked about spiritual disciplines, the more I've realized how undisciplined (laughs) I am spiritually. (laughs) So given, you know, talking about our dailies and our, our normal schedules, we have to acknowledge that we have a sinful nature that's still a part of us. Mm -hmm. And whenever we say, I'm going to, I'm going to, especially as we think about, I'll do this later, we're not going to do it. So it's then that we have to realize, no, now, Mm -hmm. I got to do this now. Otherwise, the day gets away, the week gets away, and we look back and I'm like, man, I could have done all of this stuff, but instead I filled my mind with all of these other things which we justify and we work out and we're like, well, I need to, I'm a, I'm a parent, I need to be with my kids or all this stuff, but nothing is more important than actually spending time with the Lord. Mm. And Matthew 6 is what, what this season has taught me. It talks a little bit about fasting and at the bottom it talks about not being worried about tomorrow and then thinking about the birds. And I live mm-hmm. in Wood Creek where every morning when I go outside, I hear the birds. And that's an immediate reminder that God wants to spend time with me. He's got my day figured out already ahead of, ahead of time. And if I just tune into what He has for me or if I just spent time with Him, I'm just going to live in that confidence 
throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I I go back to, you know, how I started my faith journey kind of feeling guilt and, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of performance stuff. Mm -hmm. And immediately when I go to him, all of that stuff goes away and I just feel relieved. So um, the other ironic thing is that we all have um, each other on the Verses app and Paulina is like ahead of everybody else. You've memorized more scripture than any of us. I'm alone on the Verses app currently. So I think, um, you know, also when it comes to all these disciplines and I think it's brilliant what you said about knowing yourself and, uh, you know, take, taking those things into consideration as you plan your disciplines and really, you know, really making that work. But it's also important, I think, to remember for us, Matthew chapter 11, uh, starting in verse 28, uh, Jesus talking, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light. And I think that we need to remember, not that, you know, none of us have suggested otherwise, of course, but we need to remember that these things aren't here to burden us. Mm-hmm. These disciplines aren't here to, to, to come against us and add like a, a religious rule that if we don't do, you just mentioned like the guilt of, for, for not doing, you know, we, we, can't, we can't allow those things to be that in our lives because that's not the intent. Nope. That's not the intent that God has on us. That's not the discipline He's presenting to us. You know, He's 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 a good Father to us, and He and He loves us, and He, he wants to be intimate with us, and He wants us to learn from Him and take the rest of being in intimate relationship with Him. And that takes our discipline because of our sin nature, of mm-hmm. course. But it's not a burden. It's mm-hmm. not something to, to, for us to strap on and carry around in a way that's sort of uh, I don't know what word to use oppressive to us. You know. Yeah, and what compels me, of course, is the love of Christ, but also the fruit in my life Mm -hmm. where I have seen God's transformation through these disciplines. And I'm thinking, all right, Lord, I want want more of that. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Like we shared on Sunday, you know, with fasting, it provides it provides clarity. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So I want to kind of zero in on fasting. Y'all kind of touched on it a little bit, but broader than just uh, on disciplines here. So Sean, starting with you, I figured we'd start with kind of the why and then move into the how. I heard a wise guy say that yesterday. So we kind of go with that model. You had kind of four points uh, that you mentioned about why Christians should fast. And so I'll list these off real quick and then maybe you can elaborate just a little bit on these. But uh, number one is expressing our longing for something greater and then exposes our selfishness and then provides clarity and then four is unleashes power so I guess one would be kind of what kind of led you to these four points in particular and kind of your own experience with fasting yeah absolutely I, I think fasting is something that I, I didn't grow up knowing much about I certainly it wasn't a discipline in our home it wasn't a practice that we did and it was in college before it was kind of introduced to me and even then it it didn't make complete sense um, other than it was kind of denying something of myself and I think that my study showed primarily for me that it is a temporary giving up of something that's that's good in and of itself um, for a purpose. And the purpose is where the the power is. You know, we could all say, "I need to give up TV for a while," or "I need to give up," you know, use looking at my device or social media. Those are all probably bad habits that we need to break or let go of. But that's not 
biblical fasting. Mm-hmm. Fasting is yeah. doing something like that for the purpose of, and in, and in this case, the purpose is really to intensify our expression of need for something greater. Mm-hmm. And our need for the, the greater, obviously, is God and His work in our life. And so that was the big realization to me was, hey, look, I, I don't need to just give up stuff so that I can either brag about it, which the Bible is clear you don't do, mm-hmm. or not even tell anybody, but feel good about myself for yeah. doing it. I need to be doing this so that it points me toward the giver of this amazing gift of salvation, this free gift that I've received. I, I'm so excited about that opportunity that I want to know who gave me that gift more intimately. And that's what fasting allows you to do. It says, for a period of time, I'm going to set this thing aside. And whenever I'm reminded of this thing, I'm going to put my energy and my attention toward the Lord. And that's where that expression of our longing is. Because honestly, I I do. I long for more than I'm getting here on earth. I love my relationship with my wife and my relationship with my kids. And I love good pizza. And those are amazing. But I long, I was wired to long for more than that. And uh, so saying no to some things like food from time to time or for a period of time really allows me to express my longing for something deeper, more intimacy with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And really the others in that list flow from that. You know, once I once I move toward that expression of longing, man, the first thing I usually see is, golly, there's a lot of selfishness mm-hmm. in me. You know, I'd rather go eat than I would sit here and pray. Or I would, mm-hmm. you know, rather go whatever I'm saying no to and fasting. I mean, it's just this pull, you know. And then there's this other thing inside me. I get grumpy sometimes mm-hmm. or grouchy. I'm like, is that what's really in me when I don't get the one thing that I want in the moment? And uh, so it exposes that sin. And then clarity, I mean, really, many seasons in my life, I've just experienced a lot of clarity when fasting and praying together. It doesn't mean I get the answer that I want from the Lord, um, but it means I hear His voice a little more clearly. So that's really what clarity means. And then the last one is power. I mean, man, God is obviously incredibly powerful. And uh, I don't have to do anything to unleash his power, but sometimes I just want to see it because it's happening everywhere yeah. around me. And fasting and saying no to something allows me to maybe more clearly see what he's doing. That's awesome. That's awesome. This next question, kind of what would you say, and I'll open this up to all y'all as well, as far as someone who maybe is early in their walk or maybe has been walking with the Lord for a long time, but just never really experienced fasting. What would be maybe some just real practical kind of tips or maybe just kind of things that they want to enter into fasting just this week on kind of a really uh, introductory level? Yeah, I'm not the guru on this. I'm trying to figure out as I go as well. There's this time when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says very clearly to them, um, and this is in no way contradictory to what Ben just said about my my yoke is light and you know my burden is light and my yoke is easy because it is, um, but it also means something to follow Jesus. And he says to his disciples, "If you really want to follow me, you're going to need to deny yourself and take up your cross and and follow me." And we don't deny ourselves very much in this culture, if we're honest. Mm. I mean, I if I want something, I can get it where I can just reach over and grab it usually. I can go purchase it or now I can get on Amazon and it's at my house the next day. I mean, we're not much into denying ourselves. But Jesus said, man, if you really want to follow me, that's kind of the first step. And that's where I think fasting is a more powerful concept today, maybe than it's ever been, because it's saying, I'm going to choose to deny myself something again in order to pursue him 
a little bit more. And it, if you see it in that light, it's really not hard. It is an easy mm-hmm. burden to bear and, and a light yoke to carry her. I think I got the metaphor backwards, but something along those lines. I always thought that the yoke was an egg yoke for the longest time. (laughs) I did. You know, I think I was 19. Finally, someone at Crosstalk let me know. But hey, I started speaking English a little later. I agree. Every time you had breakfast with somebody, you were like, hey, let's share some eggs. That's Jesus-like. It's Jesus. (laughs) This is the yoke yoke of Jesus. The yoke is light. Amen. And see, for rednecks, we know exactly what that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I completely answered your question, Taylor, because you said, um, you know, practical things. Yeah. I think starting out, uh, you know, fasting a lot of times refers to food, and it probably is the simplest because it's illustrated the most. And so I think starting small, you know, maybe, hey, look, I'm not going to have breakfast today. Instead of breakfast, I'm going to read or I'm going to memorize a scripture or, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna go bold and try to go a day without eating. Now, I'm still going to drink water and maybe even drink juice. I mean, there, there are medical implications here as well that you want to be really cautious around. You don't want to put yourself in a dangerous situation or test God to the point of, you know, hey, I'm diabetic. I bet I could fast a day and see what happens. That's that's not a good plan. Um, but choosing something small to start with um, and then just going for it and being okay with coming up short, you know? And it, it's what you do when you get hungry. You're going to get hungry. And what do you do with that hunger pain? Does it remind you that you need to be praying or remind you that you want to read Scripture? Um, I'll let you guys answer a little bit too. I think that's where the that's where the cause really comes to the forefront. Yeah. And fasting is really popular these days. There's mm-hmm. intermittent fasting, there's different health fasts, stuff like that. But the cause at the end, most times is really selfish. Yeah. And so if you have a cause, if you are fasting for clarity or, you know, I started fasting for encounter retreats. Mm-hmm. And so I would be fasting for a transformational weekend for somebody else that I'd be leading through that weekend. And so that is a good cause that reminds you to continue to go through it. I love what you said about being okay to fail. I have failed plenty of times, um, but it, it, because it's not, again, it's not about the, the X's, it's not about the X's and O's. It's not about, you know, the do's. It's, it's about the position of the heart and, and what we experience, that clarity, that power that you're talking about. So I would even say, try it with somebody. Say, hey, would you join me and, and fast with me for, for a day to keep me accountable or just to, to do this together? Scripture says, don't do it in a braggadocious way. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, you know, make sure to put oil on your forehead so you don't, you know, oh my gosh, this is so hard. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. But rather do it with somebody that, that would keep you accountable and, um, yeah, and start one one day at a time. Yeah, I was pretty pumped. I got home yesterday and uh, walked in, and some of my family's there, and said, "Hey, we watched the live stream, and you know, you did well, and you messed up a couple times, and you know, that's how we <laughs> do it in our family. Like you boost somebody up, and you shoot them down all in the same yeah. sentence." But uh, my twenty year old, he said, "Hey, Dad, I've never fasted before. I, let's let's do it." And so we've already talked about a specific thing. He's very passionate about and wanting to hear clearly from the Lord. And uh, so we chose a time and we'll be, we'll be fasting this week together to your point. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. You know, I think also for me, I've, I have um, extensive experience with fasting over the years. And uh, 
at risk of getting into the weeds about thing. I really like you mentioned yesterday, Sean, and also just now, you know, to, to be conscious of health factors. Like the, the, the idea of fasting is not to destroy your body or, you know, or, you know, to lose weight or to do anything weird like that. You know, okay, intermittent fasting diet plan, fine. Okay, lose weight that way. Well, we're talking about a spiritual fast where we're trying to commune with God and, 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 and receive from Him. And, you know, maybe it's for obedience. You know, I, my, my first experience with, with long fasting was, um, you know, to, to, to break a destructive habit, you know, a habit that I'd been building for several years. And, um, you know, you have to do, and, and this is just my opinion, the best way to fast is to consecrate a fast. And that word sounds like a big Bible word, but to like purposefully pray leading up to your time of starting the fast to set apart that fasting time as holy with God and get yourself in, like we talked about, um, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, about setting your heart upon something. I think that was last week with Bob. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to come and set our heart upon the fast, and we consecrate that time. We set it apart as holy, and we and we enter into that with the mentality of receiving from God spiritually. And then practically, I mean, just advice out there, free advice that you, nobody asked for, but... You know, the third day, the first three days are almost always the hardest. So if you're consecrating a fast that's going to be longer than a few days, just remember that that really, and there's science behind it. And I'm not going to try to pretend like I know what that science is because I don't. But that third day is almost always the hardest day um, to, to, to sort of get in your headspace and and uh, com- stay committed to that fast. And that's so those first three days definitely set apart the time to pray and get your mind and your spirit uh, and your body in line with what God is doing and why He led you into consecrating that fast. And there are, you know, other practical things like, man, you know, like I said, don't, don't destroy your body. You, if you're going to do a long fast, like talk to a doctor, take vitamins. Do, do, you know, broth is good. You know, vegetable broth is actually way better than other. You know, you can throw a little protein in there if you want, but like vegetable broth, because there's lots of nutrients in it. You know, that's what Daniel ate for however long. You talked about the Daniel fast, you know. It's, it's, not, it's not about destroying your body. I personally have several health issues, and so, you know, maintaining some sort of metabolism is, is good. I mean, I've done 40-day fast before, you know, and... and other, you know, 20 and 30 day fast for different reasons in my life. And, um, you know, I, to, to be honest and completely frank, there was one of them that actually damaged my body. Mm-hmm. And it's because I did not pay attention and, and follow those instructions. And that's not the point. Right. Now, spiritually, it was, it was, it was wonderful. It was an awesome time with God, but it actually damaged my health. Yeah. And that's not what we're trying to do. So I don't know, practical stuff you didn't ask for from Ben. <laughs> All right. <laughs> No, but I think you bring up a great point. And Sean, you mentioned this yesterday, just the idea that while food may be a great starting point, there's a lot of other things, whether it's social media or just television. Yeah, you have to remember as we read scripture, I mean, they didn't have TVs to fast from or social media to fast. I mean, the thing that sustained their lives and was really the key to so many, so much of their time, their social time and their distracted time from the Lord was food. They didn't have many other recreational hobbies or activities or certainly the distractions that we have today. So I think your point is valid, Taylor. And certainly if there's a health concern in any way, 
find something else. The, the reality is you're just trying to set something aside that takes a good bit of your time uh, and maybe some energy in order to focus your energy and attention on the Lord. Mm-hmm. That may not be food for some of us. I mean, I got yeah. folks in my family that could go two days without eating and not even think about it. But if I took their phone away, they wouldn't make it 10 minutes. And so then which one's going to be more effective as a fast mechanism to point them back toward the Lord? Excellent. Um, Yeah, you mentioned sports. You know, Israelites, there were were no sports back then. Paul only speaks about sports because he's speaking to the Greeks. And so he's trying to speak their language. But we've been fasting from sports. And I can tell you right now that hasn't been an intentional fast at all. (laughs) <laughs> no, I had uh, I heard a rumor that there was going to be these uh, football guys playing. Uh, they graduated playing some high school football guys now that the stadium's back open and seven on seven. And I really think I could sell tickets to that thing because <laughs> yeah. so many of us have been fasting from sports that we'd pretty much watch anybody play anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking since uh, your message yesterday that really it's about figuring out something that will cost me something. And I hate, I mean, it really just thinking about what will cost me, it brings out my selfishness immediately. You know, like I immediately feel the irk to like, just, I just want my life to be easy. You know, like I just, (laughs) it'd be easier to just keep on and yeah. And be complacent and it just, when you said that point about exposing yeah. our selfishness, it's yeah. like the fast absolutely exposes that. But for me, even thinking about what to fast from automatically exposes that I want my life to be easy and about me and what I want in the moment. And Absolutely. Pauline, we had this really cute little third grader in our community group last night. We were talking about this and, and he said, well... I've been riding my bike a lot. I think I could give up riding my bike and probably walk places. He said, if I was walking, I think I would just see the stuff God had created more clearly uh-huh. than when I'm biking. Uh-huh. And I'm like, dude, that oh sounds gosh. like a fast to me. Go for it. So. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, I got one more question. Sean, yesterday you talked about how whenever you see in the Bible fasting mentioned, it's associated with prayer. So it's like fasting and prayer. So this is a two-parter for you and everyone else. So why do you think those two are so intricately linked? And then what does it look like to, to live a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, like you mentioned? Yeah, I think that they're linked because really fasting, like we've said, without tying it back to pursuit of intimacy with the Lord and His mm-hmm. presence, is selfish and self-serving, and it's not going to last mm-hmm. very long. Um, so I think prayer, consistently in the Bible, just refers to our communication with the Lord. Sometimes that's us talking to God. Sometimes that's us being quiet and listening for Him to speak with us. Sometimes it's a dialogue, but prayer is about communication. And really, fasting allows us to remove distractions that focus our attention on whatever we're communicating with. I know when we're hanging out together and, you know, if Christina's talking to me or you're talking to me, Taylor, and I'm on my phone texting somebody, it doesn't feel like I'm communicating very clearly, intimately connected with you. Um, We do a lot of our socializing over meals, you know, as Mm -hmm. as friends, but Mm -hmm. the meal can be distracting if we're not careful. So basically we're saying, let's remove that so that our communication is clearer and cleaner. And I think that that's why they're mentioned together so frequently because it really does intensify our prayer time in seasons when we fast along with it because we just remove distractions and we focus our energy and our longings on the ultimate source of our well-being. 
All right. Well, by way of wrapping it all up and ending this session of the Conversations podcast, do anybody have any um, last, like, sort of roundup, bring it all together statements? Maybe we'll start with start with you, Sean, if you could kind of round it up. And if anybody has any other comments, and then we'll f- finish up with Brother Jose over there. Well, it's awesome to hang out with you guys, and I'm very thankful for the chance to put something out that folks can listen to, to remind them, just conversations to continuously remind us about uh, our faith and how to walk out sermons and teachings that happen on Sundays. So this is a great thing that you're doing. Again, discipline is something that is good for all of us. And in the right doses and in the right season, it grows us and takes us to a different level. We're all trying to get deeper trying to get Mm -hmm. deeper with the Lord, the God Mm -hmm. who saved us, the God who loves us, the God who is present in our lives. And I think think that may be what I would want to end on, Ben, is just for me personally, is the thought that God is always present, but I don't always see him or experience him. And discipline and fasting allow me to experience his presence in a cleaner, clearer way. And so not because I think anybody should do it or is supposed to do it, but because, man, it's... It's really cool to experience his presence intimately. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I think even something that almost all of y'all touched on was just, I think if anything, to remember just God's grace with us through this whole process, I think it's easy to think, especially kind of early in my walk, I remember thinking back of just seeing fasting, just like a lot of these other disciplines, like I have to jump through this hoop so that God's not as mad as me because I've done something wrong or just Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, quickly getting into that works mentality. Mm -hmm. So I think just recognizing that God you know, invites us to fast because he knows what's best for us. And that is out of that invitation that we're able to grow closer to him. And so I think that it's kind of what we've been talking about all along, just this idea of just kind of trying to watch that as far as making sure we're not trying to earn our Mm. love, uh, you know, from God or or anything like that. I think just being reminded that he's a gracious and loving father who Mm. wants what's best for us. And so that applies regardless of how many times we fasted this week or month or that kind of thing. Mm. That's awesome. Um, And I'd just like to add as sort of a summary to remember Jesus' words when he was in the deserts and he was fasting. Um, His response when tempted uh, by the enemy was that man does not live on bread alone, but he lives on the very words of God. And that is a reality that we can take with us and bring those, the, the, the truth and the love of God into us through the reading of the word and through the focusing in prayer time uh, during fasting. And at the most basic level, we can experience that same thing that Jesus was talking about, living on the words of God when we fast. So that's kind of my wrap up. Jose, why don't you take us out of here? Give us, give us what you got, my friend. Well, we're going to continue on in the series. I'm excited for where it's gone and where it's going. So I think we'll continue to see a lot of good stuff. This next week, we are going to come back together at the church, but it's just important for me to reiterate the choice is yours. You get to choose uh, what's best for your family, whether that's staying at home and continuing to tune in via the live stream or in person at church. We will be outside. 
that's the cool thing I think that we're talking about this. There's no obligation. There's no one way. We have been gathering. We've been a community. I would argue a stronger community now than almost ever, given everything that's going on. There's definitely there's definitely a sense of spiritual deepening and awakening going on. So I would also encourage you to share this podcast with any of your friends. Maybe if you've never um, really talked about fasting with someone, this is a great resource to give to them as as some sort of introduction. And so let's continue to go deep together. See you next time. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.